This is your weekly rundown 50. Let's get it. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, your anime DJs here. Today, we are missing Dan. Uh, a little sickness is going through uh, the DJs the last couple of weeks. Right now, I'm sick. Dan is out today, but I have my boy Tyler here today. How are you, brother? I'm doing. I'm doing. All right. I guess I guess I can say I'm the the best uh, in health out of all of us, apparently, and I'm only at like 85 percent. probably. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like that. Yeah, bro, it's it's tough out here, man. It's tough out here. I uh went to a sales conference all last week and got sick. Like almost everybody that was at the conference is sick now. I talked to like two people that weren't. That's it. That's tragic. They'll, they'll probably be sick soon, honestly. Uh, yeah, I thought I escaped it because I wasn't sick when we left. But yeah. by the time I got home, I was like, it's it's over. I already knew. I started getting <laughs> the, the chills. Yeah, at least at least I can like talk pretty normally now I, last week was pretty rough on the uh dj with uh freebs um i couldn't even laugh really i couldn't even truly laugh i can at least Shit. laugh now so uh that's somewhat, good but. That, i'm glad you're recovering <laughs> uh, man you should have heard me on saturday i sounded like i was underwater it was yeah. wild yeah i bro. can't i can't imagine <laughs> but at least you kept your voice so far so i did i did yes it's it's I, I can laugh. I've been able to laugh the whole time, so it's good. Here we go. Here um, we go. Well, guys, uh, best way to support us, uh, always remember to rate the podcast, tell your friends about us. Uh, we know you got some anime friends, just like we do, so make sure they know about us. Uh, also, always send your topics or questions that you have about the latest episodes or any upcoming episodes uh, for our rundown or for the, the BS Hour. Always let us know. Hit us up in the Discord or on our socials. So... What we have today for you guys is first we'll be doing Undead Unluck episode 14, Freerun episode 18, Mashal, Magic and Muscles, season two, episode two. Tyler, by the way, I'm very excited about this. I think Mashal is heating up already, even on season uh, episode two here. I'm excited. It is. Um, and then lastly, guys, we'll be doing One Piece episode 1090. Sheesh. Just getting harder every week to convince people to watch it. That's all. <laughs> Well, what was that the eleven hundred mark? That's cr- that's crazy, ain't it? Yes, yes, it, it's actually wild. Um, but if you're ready, my boy, I'll go ahead and get us right into it. Yeah, let's do the shit. Let's do it. Okay, guys. So, Undead Unluck episode fourteen, Crimson Bullet. So, this episode after Tatiana unlocks herself to use her untouchable ability. Uh, the luxury liner, that big yacht cruise ship type beat, uh, has been exploded from within. And both Rip, uh, a.k.a. Unrepair, and the union members are suspended in midair as the fight begins. Kind of a wild scene for a, uh, a fight to occur in, floating in midair, but I kinda, that's what I kind of love about this show. It's a little ridiculous at all times. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because I didn't expect them to be like just suspended in midair like that for so long. I thought like the I thought like some of the ship 
would have um, survived, you know, um, considering there could have been innocent people on it, uh, you know, as hostages or whatever. So um, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like where, what happened to um, what happened to Invisible Girl? Like, Oof. I, I, I thought for some reason, I thought that she might she might have been on the ship, too. But I don't know. I, I probably not. Now that I think about it, since Rip and them had to like, um, uh, sneak their way on board. So, yeah. And they did it like right in the cargo hold where any innocent people would be. So, yeah, ho- hopefully it was just UMAs and other things and not people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I hadn't thought about that, to be honest. So uh, we come back to Undead Unluck with uh, Andy trying to capture or kill Rip uh, in order to save Fuko. Because uh, the deal is, you know, she's he's got to die for Fuko to stop bleeding. And he's he's got an hour. Got an hour. And uh, to this end, Tatiana, like, like we've said, has blown up the black market yacht. I mean, really just sky high. And uh, I had taken a, a break from the show for last week, uh, being out of town. And... Uh, Coming back to this, I was like, I was not sure if like Andy was like prepared to kill Rip, um, but I kind of feel like I, I should have known he was ready. What, what what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think you I I thought he was gonna try to capture him, you know, honestly. But um, like after after Fuko got hurt, like there there's no other option, you know. Um, unless unless capturing him. They can like neg- like they did with um spoil, like they could maybe negate his negation abilities or something for, with some kind of technology because they did with spoil. So um, that's true. But I I feel like that Andy Andy just wanted to try to push his limits here because um, he didn't have you know he didn't have like long like with spoil. They could just like keep resetting the shit or whatever, you know. Right. And right. With with rip, they can't really do that. Like it's it's a you know a set amount of yeah. time. So for sure, yeah. I I thought he might try to capture him and like make him un undo his un. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't even I'm not even sure if he can do that, you know. Um, because we haven't seen him do it so far. I don't believe. I'm sure he can, cause he 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 was he was telling Invisible that right. He was that was his bargaining chip. So okay, okay, yes, that I is right. When that he was torturing right, yes. her, so her, I, was, I was thinking you know, it was whatever. more like a, a Fuko thing where she has like no control over her unluck. But yeah, I believe you're right, actually. Um, yeah, but like kind of while this battle between uh, uh, the Union and the Negator Hunters goes on, kind of Rip figures out exactly how Chikara's like ability works. And I thought it was really cool how they, how they did it. Um, they had like the graphs and everything up with like his, his, uh, his vision cone and whatnot. And it was a cool deep dive into the mechanics. Um, and I was, I was honestly thinking like the show for how, I guess, complicated these powers can be and the intricacies of them. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job with this show. Cause I thought that would be a little bit difficult. Like they have, I guess, problems with it with JJK or people just don't understand. Yeah. And another thing I want to point out, like they're, they're going to such lengths to um, make us understand uh, Chikara's ability, which is the um, unmoving uh, guy or boy, whatever you want to call him. But for them to be, 
for them to be doing that, it, it makes me feel like I'm right that he's going to be the one to join us, you know? Yes. So. Yeah. But I don't, I really don't think they would do all that much if they weren't going to have him in the show. So it took a, a good minute and a half, two minutes out of the episode just to explain it to us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but it is good to know, like, how exactly his, uh, his powers work because it, you know, it, it kind of got, is not really confusing. It's just like how how is you know um, Andy and them gonna be able to use this, uh, you know, for the good in like a battle situations. And this episode done a really good job of showing us how they could use that. So yes, it was it was pretty nifty about how they weren't using it in this situation. Um, but going back to your comment from a few minutes ago about them like just floating in air and Rip having uh, it was some kind of like blade artifacts. I thought that shit was so cool, man. Uh, the blades just coming out of his boots and he's got like the rocket boots. <laughs> I don't know how that uh, equates to blades, uh, a blade artifact, but hey, it was cool as fuck and it worked. Maybe he's got something else like uh, going for him because he's like a, he's like a special group too, right? He's like one uh, the um, negated, like the negator hunters or I, I don't even remember what they're called, but it's like a special group, so they gotta have high tech shit too, right? So that's true. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're probably collecting artifacts. I mean, I think they definitely are, just like the the Union is. So, just like the the evil, more vengeful version of the the Union of the Round Table. There. Um, another thing I noticed was like they also like described Tatiana's ability, uh, untouched, as compulsive when she first got it. But once she had exploded the ship, blew it apart, it seemed like she could control the radius of it. Uh, and now I'm thinking, like, why even have her in that ball if she can control it to an extent? You know what I'm saying? And uh, see, and it doesn't really make sense either to me because um, the only reason why to have her in that ball is to uh, protect people from entering her space or whatever, right? Right, but, right. Um, but the thing is, is like, literally, Fuko and Chikara was standing on top of the ball. So, like, she can literally allow people not to come in it if she wants, apparently, or something Something was going on there. So, um, I just, uh, maybe, maybe the ball is to um, uh, not have a naked uh, uh, 12-year-old uh, girl running around, maybe. Maybe it's like her clothes. Maybe yeah, that's that, the only thing it's good for. That's true. That, that, that's a good point. I don't think anybody wants a naked twelve-year-old running around. Um, although she is covered completely in hair because no one can cut her hair. But um, yeah, like the fact that that, that Fuko and uh, Shikara was like just standing on the ball, taking no damage. Uh, the only thing I could like think of is like maybe if she gets emotional. The, the the size of the ball can vary a lot, and you could get hurt that way. But yeah, I, I I just still don't know how they wasn't like what's stopping them from going into that ball. Like that's that's what I'm confused with. I didn't know her uh, untouchable thing had that sort of mechanic. I thought that um, if anything got in like in. Uh, around that ball or like uh, invaded that space like it disintegrated or whatever right. or got pushed back but they're literally standing on top of it so I, that's what confuses me so 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confused about it. I hope we get some more detail on it. Like, you know, because just like what we just said a few minutes ago is like they do a really good job of explaining the powers. And I kind of feel like they missed the ball a little bit with uh, Tatiana. Um, but but getting past that, um, our I guess lack of understanding or lack of uh, explanation on it, at least. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> as the battle goes on, um, Andy kind of comes up with a plan to defeat Rip, and it was kind of just to get Chikara to freeze them in place, while Andy could get a fatal shot off. And Rip's friend, after they succeeded with this plan, Andy gets behind. Uh, rip to where Chikara can't see them. He shoots off a, a finger pistol and shot him through the heart. But then Rip's friend says, oh no, he's not going to die. So that was a little inconsistent to me. We saw later in the episode, he came back as a child somehow. But uh, kind of what were you thinking in that moment, man? Because I know I was confused because Fuko stopped bleeding. Now uh, they said, you know, he's jumping up and down. We won. We did it. Congrats, guys. Like what, what what were your thoughts? Well, uh going back to like the um the whole like hitting him and actually piercing him or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure what uh his friend, his girl's uh ability was, but it had to do with something um about like uh deterring uh shots or something like that. That's why it was so critical for uh, him to be behind him where she couldn't see because you know uh, she she wouldn't be able to like the deter the shot or whatever coming but as far as Rip like it's really cool they really done a good job explaining this is the fact that um I think he said something along the lines of uh, I didn't know there was people like this out there the, do, do you know why he was saying that no I have no idea so so when people try to kill him in order to stop the uh, bleeding effect that he has put on them, um, that would be considered uh, trying to live. And you won't, you, you're not allowed to kill him in that situation if you're trying to do it for living, for, for you to live. And so the fact that Andy was trying to make Fuko live and he didn't care about his own life. He was risking his life and not having a care in the world about his dying. And Fuko and Chikara was also risking their lives, not caring if they died or not. Oh, to save okay. okay. Andy yeah. and each other. But nobody cared if they died or not. They was they was fighting for the other person. And that's the whole only reason they was that Andy was able, able to actually pierce Rip and and almost kill him is because nobody was actually fighting for their own lives. They was fighting for the other's lives. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I picked up on that and I didn't realize that's what he was. I know they mentioned it in the show, but I didn't realize that's what he, Rip was talking about. Yeah. I just thought he was talking about tenacious ass people. Cause I imagine like people like mainly just panic when he cuts them. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to bleed out from this fucking paper cut. He gave me like, I, I would probably panic too. You know, yeah. I mean, the only sense. way to stop him, you know, is to either kill him or you know uh, get him to stop the effect or whatever. But you can't. Yes. You literally cannot kill him if you're trying to save yourself because you know that's how his mechanics work. It, it won't allow you to kill him in order to save yourself. So right. Okay. 
but that, that's how they got around that. Um, as far as not being able to kill him, uh, maybe I'm kind of thinking that maybe he he had to uh, pull back his powers from uh, like Fuko and uh, Andy in order to use his power. No, he can't. He can't use his powers on himself, can he? No, you can only be external or internal. Okay. But the th- but the thing is, um, like when when he came back as a kid. <clears throat> Uh, in like in a child's body, like his eye was bleeding. So I don't I don't know how his works exactly. Uh, he has to be external targeting because he he does it to other people. But there's something up there. There's a reason they showed that blood coming down his eye, and that he wears an eye patch all the time. It's, there's something yeah. funky going on there. And I know he's uh, when he was interrogating the invisible woman, unseen. Uh, his eye was also bleeding. Then, uh, um, I'm just not sure. Like how they was able to maybe maybe because like they literally almost killed him um you know it shocked him enough to maybe you know rescind his powers maybe um i don't i don't really know how they got out of that i think i think it all boils down to uh it, you know it was just like plot armor basically probably <laughs> i i i wonder if it's like another negator that he has on his team it it could be because uh, it seemed like the they 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 just made him un- younger, so it could, maybe it could be like an undoing of time or something like that. It possibly, yeah, you're you're probably right because because yeah. he they was pretty sure he was gonna die, but she knew that he wasn't gonna die, and maybe that's because they had to leave instantly, like they did, and um, get to you know somewhere where they could use that ability or something yeah i'll I'll definitely be interested to see what the hell's going on there um i'm more like curious about why he showed back up to uh when they was waiting on chikaru chikaru's a decision you know that he showed up instead so yeah that's going to be really interesting to see and i'm like i really have no idea of like what his reasoning is on that um but that's like the cliffhanger they left us with which I love. I like I like a little cliffhanger in my life. Um, but yeah, like as you, as you were saying, like you know, they're just kind of waiting outside with uh, Chikara School, wondering if he'll join the team. Which I think me and I, you and I both think that he will. Um, one, uh, I think because they spent so much time explaining his ability, um, and then two, I think it gives him his gives his life a good purpose, and uh, he doesn't have to be, really be afraid. Because they gave him the necktie so he'd be speaking English like everybody else. But at the same time, you know you've already been marked as a negator. So Unrepair can just come back and pick you up out of school anytime he wants to. At the end of the day. Yeah. I I just don't think that they would uh, allow someone like that to uh, not join after spending that much time explaining his stuff and plus he's just that kind of character like he's that vulnerable character that would fit in like perfectly with like fuko and andy so yes and i mean he and he's a fantastic support uh fighter you know with what he what he can do freezing everything he sees um i think they make like a crazy crazy team it's it's a fun team to have and then going on missions <laughs> so i hope he's a big part of the story going forward honestly 
Um, I even like that they gave him the weakness of not being able to hold still because he's a scaredy cat. Pretty cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta nerf him somewhat. So right, they got a power like that <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, that that is it for Undead Unluck fourteen guys. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into Furin right meow. Yeah, we got Furin episode eighteen, first class mage exam. And our adventurers arrive in Auburst. Uh, uh, nor- I, I think the city's like Auburst, maybe. Um, it's some kind of German name. So uh, the- it, it, the, I'm taking German lessons, so I got to be a stickler. <laughs> <laughs> it's Auburst. Uh, Aus- the B, is- the, the, the beta sign is two S's in German. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. I, so like this this show like um has a lot of like German references so yeah I really I really it's really nice seeing that so um but the this is this Ausserst I believe you said was yeah. the name of it That's um it. it's the Northern Land's largest magical city and this is where Fern and Furin intend to take the first class mage exam uh during this Furin gets teamed up with like a wild uh, pair of students. Um, and she has to kind of like overcome that uh, in order to get her license. So it's actually a pretty fun episode. Um, to start this one off, Fern said that once they're first class mages, they'll go into the, like the Northern Plateau uh, going after their uh, heaven thing. And this is due to it being dangerous uh, without a skilled priest and a mage. And they, I think they said in the past that it is actually a requirement uh, in order okay. to go past this point or past a certain point in the Northern Plateau. They actually have, a, have to have a first class mage now. Uh, a priest isn't required anymore, uh, just a first class mage. Uh, so... What does that make you think like the plateau is kind of like the terror? Like what's going on there? You think? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking there's got to be like a, a bunch of strong demons and monsters up there uh, because Fern also said it's mostly uninhabited. And I guess that means by humans, elves, dwarves and the like. Um, so I expect it to be a wild ride whenever they do get up there. And I'm very excited to see it. I think it's going to be a good time for us up there. See, one thing that I keep on uh, thinking about is um, when they when they went to that city um, um, with the old man guarding it. You remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he taught like uh, Stark how to do stuff or whatever. Um, he actually asked Furin. It's like, oh, when Furin told him that they was going up north or whatever. Um, he actually asked for an, are you going to beat the demon king? And, and she's, she's just like, she just puts it off as like, you know, a delusional old man or whatever. But I really think that they, they said that statement because I think that that's actually going to happen. I think think the demon, I think, I think that like some sort of demon king has re, you know, has arisen again. And that, um, like she is gonna have to do it because she like this is basically like a retelling of her past, except with newer people. It feels like so we're kind of like living out her journeys, but 
we're we're actually living them out too so it, yeah, it's that, pretty fun that would be a crazy twist uh i was thinking maybe they, they like deceive the world for some reason um but i don't see them being that cynical um and maybe they almost killed the demon king or something like that but it would i think it would also make sense that like there's a new demon king maybe not as powerful but still probably a huge problem um yeah I just I just took it up as I took it as the old man just being senile, but I think it's good to read into something like that because it very well could be an issue later. Yeah, and it's going to be fun to see uh, because we all know like once one demon king goes down, like they don't stay down long, you know. They somebody somebody comes back up, you know, or else all the demons would be gone, and that's literally not the case, you know, especially since you can't go north without like a first class mage now. And there's literally only a handful of first class mages. So it makes you wonder. So I see. I see. It's something like game of Thrones shit. Somebody's got to sit on the iron throne. I see. You. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, we get into, uh, Fruin actually starts talking about, uh, some of the, her past experiences. And she said that she's actually lost battles against other mages 11 different times. Um, all of them had less mana than her. Uh, four of them was demons, uh, which included Qual. Uh, one was an elf, and six of them was humans. And this honestly surprised me a lot because we know Furin strong as hell, and we well, I mean, we knew that Qual. You know, she didn't really. Uh, they didn't really defeat uh, Qual before, but like, I don't. I don't really say that's being defeated by uh qual honestly like they they literally like sealed him away that not being defeated by him right yeah i think in most universes that's a dub yeah um i mean what what could have happened was like they got defeated had to run away and then they snuck attack sealed his ass oh true yeah uh they, if that was me and if i was for and like okay this guy is strong enough to whoop my ass so he's he's strong enough to whoop like ninety nine percent of the mages' ass in the world, if not all of them. Let me go back and try to I can't outright defeat him. Let me go back and try to like at least stop him from, you know, raising too much hell on earth. Yeah, um, but I, dude, I was surprised as well, and I think she, she said like she's lost against mages with less mana than her eleven times. I don't know if yeah. many people exist that have more mana than her. Or if any do, I'm not sure. But like, yeah, I was very surprised that she's lost so much. But she's probably been in dozens, if not a few hundred battles. So she's still probably got a good win percentage. Yeah, and I think I think that this like really grounds her character as well as motivates Fern because this this whole situation was brought up because Fern was like, you know. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not as good as like all these other mages that we're going to be coming up against or whatever. That's going to be like you and Furin kind of just sets her straight. And it's like, you know, it doesn't matter about how much mana you have. Once again, you know, it matters about who you are, like your tactics and stuff like that. So, yeah. And like she said, talent last and it, it, it left on uh screen on Fern. And we kind of figured out when she was battling. Lord, whatever his name was, um, back in that city, that she she has like raw talent. I mean, yes, she's yeah. strong. She's been trained by Furin and been traveling her with some for some years, but she has speed. 
And that's like not something you can teach, it seems like. Yeah. And um, you know, next next thing we see, we go away from that kinda and we actually see Kraft, uh, the elf that we seen, the priest, uh the elven priest that we met up in the mountains that one time. Uh, he actually beats up some bandits and makes them run away uh, because they're attacking Ubel. Ubel, I'm pretty sure, right? (laughs) Yeah, the 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 uh, the 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 U is still U. It's Ubel. Yeah, yeah, Ubel. Yeah. And she's like a um a green haired mage that is on their way to the uh uh the mage exam. So, um. And he wasn't, it turns out that he wasn't really saving uh, her from the bandits. He was saving the bandits from her because she <laughs> brutally killed all the other uh, bandits to try to attack her. Uh, so with that being said, like, what was your first, uh, like, what was your first impressions of Ubel? And like, what, what do you think, what do you think she's about? Man, I, I think like before they even like called her murderous or I guess uh, before, Craft even said that. I think they made it look like she was just nefarious, right? Just like her body language and her eyes uh, being a little droopy. But once they revealed that like Craft was coming there to save the bandits, it, it's it's like that thing. It's like if you see me and a bear fighting in the in the woods, help the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, Craft is he's very perceptive, um, and the fact that he saw those bodies like torn apart, she just has no mercy. I'm sure there's like a less brutal way she could have killed those people. Like, I think she just enjoys killing and they didn't make her that way for no reason. She's, I think she's going to be a problem at some point. Yeah. I, I think so too, but, uh, I think this world like breeds that honestly. I oh. can believe that. I mean, there's a lot of fighting and going on and if like, I think if you're just used to doing that, like you wouldn't think much of killing other things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I, just like you said, I, as soon as I seen this character, I was like, damn, she's, she's a bad girl. Like, uh, we, we know what she's about, you know, it's not hard to tell. So, um, when all that happened, I was like, okay, I believe that it's believable. (laughs) I was like, "Uh Oh, she's headed to the same place as Fern and them. That's, that's hell. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be an issue. Uh, but after that, uh, we actually see Furin uh, get into the Mage Academy. And in order to take a first-class mage, they have to at least be a fifth-class mage or uh, higher in order to be able to even take take the test, um, which is actually an issue because Fern or Furin isn't uh, any kind of mage, I don't think. Um, and uh, But Furin gets saved because there's just an old guy there that happens to like know what her emblem is that uh, recognizes her as a first class mage from I, who knows when, like back in the good old days, you know. Uh, but that's the only reason why she was able to take the exam. And Fern actually was able to take a third class uh, mage exam relatively fast, I'm pretty sure. And she passed that in order to do it, right? I think she had done it sometime in the past before the oh, show started. Um, well, maybe not the sh- before the show started, but at some point during their journey. Oh, um, before we started may- hard following them. Um, because Fern asked her, like, why did you take 
the the third class exam at the time that you did and she was like yeah that's the only one for the next two or three years so i just did it yeah because yeah, it seemed I, like I, I wasn't really was sure. confused too yeah so yeah. I, I think it was before like we started following them um i wonder if she could have become a third class mage before Fruin showed up no because, because she was already she was already kind of decent uh i, I, I don't, don't know. think so um I think it had to happen after Freeran because uh, she didn't like leave um, Heiter. That is, you know right. what I mean. Um, yeah, and that, that's what that's what made me believe that she actually took the th- the third class mage exam there because maybe it, it's not such a big deal. You know, maybe that's just like um, uh, a thing that you can just take whenever, like a written exam or something. Um, well. I'm just I'm not sure about the timeline on that. I know that she hasn't always I don't think she's always been a third class mage because it hasn't been brought up any. I don't think. Um, no, so, she 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 had to already have been one, I believe, because she told Freeran when. When we initially found out Freeran wasn't registered, that she was a third class mage and Freeran did not know that. Mm. She was with Hydra, but did they stay in the same place the entire time they were together? Mm, okay, maybe, or maybe she, you know, took uh, an exam like while Freeran was off in a magic shop or some shit. So true, and and then they also said like <laughs> when they were introducing everybody at like the Mage Academy or whatever the the Mage headquarters that she was the youngest third class Mage ever. She had to be pretty young when she did it because it didn't okay. seem like the other humans <laughs> were that much like older than her. It makes me curious, like when did when she actually did take this thing? Then, because I like, um, and you you said that you know um, she brought it up, you know, before, and I actually do remember that now. But because I I just assumed that she took it within those like two month span of waiting for the first class mage or whatever, you know, um, which is not true now that I look back at it. So. But it, it does make you wonder, did she take a Hyter? Was she actually like a third class mage with Hyter when she like wasn't that good, you know? That's right. wild if that's true. So <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean just making them saying that like she's like, like the youngest one ever makes me think she took it when she was like tiny. Yeah. Um but who knows? Yeah. Uh, but you know, regardless, like that th- this this whole thing is like pretty pretty fun. Uh uh, like in order for so Fern was gonna just pawn it all off on Fern, um, and then they learned that they figured out that you know, uh, well, it, they this first class mage exam only comes around every three years, and it's like it's either take it now and pass it, which we all know Fern probably is gonna pass it without a doubt, but Fern we're not so sure about. Um, but I'm sure she, I'm sure she can get it done. But the thing is, if they don't get it done, then it's either Freeran said they have to go through C and take the long way around or hire a first class mage, which we know there's not very many of them. And she, Freeran's like, you know, we if we do those options, we're not going to be able to afford snacks, Freeran. <laughs> 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 I'm laughing. 
Nah, I, I feel Ferd, uh, Ferd on this one. It's like, bro, we need snacks. Now, hold on. You told me we only get meals? Like, that's crazy. Nah, we, we don't need them snacks, dog. No snacks, no random spell books, you know, grimoires, whatever. So, uh, it, it was definitely a fun, uh, fun little conversation right there. Uh, and to also get into it, uh, there's like a lot less mages nowadays, apparently, uh, based on what Freeman said. Um, so why do you think that is? Do you, do you think they was like wiped out or what? Um, I mean, she said after the Demon King started like attacking, uh, there was like less mages. So like I was thinking maybe like people just didn't want to fight demons because that's all demons do. They're like, basically they're all mages. Right. Um, so like, I think it's one, like, I don't want to fight demons all the time. So fuck all that. Um, <laughs> maybe it's, you know, just some nerd mages, but maybe they were actually wiped out because I think demons would only really want to fight other mages unless you like stood up to them. Because they're like always trying to prove themselves, right? That's their hierarchy. That's how strong they are. So I think it's a, it might be a combination of two of those two. Because I, I don't think I'd want to become a mage if I knew people were hunting mages. I don't think so either. Uh, what's interesting though is I'm pretty sure they said that um, there was like uh, less than a thousand. I, I'm not sure on the number, but less than a thousand of uh, fifth class or higher mages. Um, and there was like a lot more um, sixth class to ninth class, ninth class. I'm pretty sure it was, but so, everything under six, seven, eight, nine, or whatever was considered apprentices, basically. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, they said there was like 700, I think, yeah. which is like class five and above, and like I think it yeah. was like 29 or 49, uh, class, first class. Yeah. Like twenty two hundred total. So yeah, like there's a there's a lot of like just not super strong mages walking around. Yeah, that's that's not a lot at all, honestly. Sure. Especially for someone that's in like a battle against um a demon kind a lot. So right, and uh, the fact that they went on, I mean, they, they just went to the north and went up to the demon king's castle. That took them ten years to get there and back. Like it's a pretty big world, and that's really not a lot of people. Yeah. Um. So, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it's just a dying art, too. Like, what's the sense of learning that when, like, uh, you can just pick up a sword, maybe, and have a better shot, maybe? That's true. That's true. So, um, but now we get into, like, the uh, actual exams. Uh, we had, like, a little time skip. Uh, Fern, uh, Fern gets matched up with Ubel. And another, I think it was a boy, I'm pretty sure. And Furin gets two mages uh, called Laureen and Kane. And uh, they, they, like, she goes and finds them and they're, like, fighting off rip. Um, apparently, they don't really like each other, but they've known each other for a while and they work well together as far as timing and teamwork. But they it just hate each other's guts. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I also like thought it was funny, like the spell spelling of uh, Lawine and, and Connie, because it's just Connie and Lauren, really. Oh, <laughs> Lauren and Lauren, Lauren and Connie. Yeah. Okay. okay. It, it, that's what it sounds like, Lawine and, and Connie. Okay. 
So that's that, why, that would that's be what, so much easier to say. So Lauren and but, Kanye. But everybody's got to be special, man. It's 2023, dude. Lauren uh, and Kanye. There we go. <laughs> and Kanye, yes, yes. <laughs> easy. Got easy in the building. Um, what did you think about like their like relationship, Lawine and Kanye's though? Like, what, what, you think it's like a healthy relationship, or like what, what they got going on there? I I think so. Like after they explained it, you know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, you got you got one that's like knows that they're better than the other one, but they don't want to see the other one fail. You know, in order to not see them fail, like they kind of tease them. You know, true. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what we do with you know our friends. You know what you know what I mean. We're kind of hard on them. We're kind of tough on them. Uh, if if you got a really good friend, you know y'all y'all bicker and and tease each other, you know. So it's that's true. Kind of like they're really good friends, actually. Except that they just they're just like a married couple. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. I, I think it's like usually guys more than girls. Like yeah, yeah. We 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 pick fun of our friends, but really just trying to make them make them better. At the end of the day, um, what's yeah, uh, what's even more interesting is what I actually want to see is I want to see Fern. I want to see Fern's party. We've seen Fern, and it looks like Fern is gonna uh, kind of it's this. This is gonna help Fern out because um, she can just pretend that that's Stark and Fern, right? And she can like <laughs> build up, like she can learn, teach herself how to deal with two kids that are fighting with each other all the time, like a married couple, right? That's true. Um, I mean, and you can kind of tell like she's getting her leadership skills together uh, during this whole thing. Yeah, um, but I really want to see Fern because she's with you know Ubel, which is the uh, hot-headed, murderous, uh, uh, cocky um, mage that we've seen uh, on the road. So, and Fern's like the complete opposite. Uh, she's very calm, cool, and collected. But she does have her emotions, you know. So, um, so w- do you have any like thoughts on w- what's going to happen in that party? Man, I, I think Ubel's going to like. I think so. She killed her last exam proctor. Um, the the last time she tried to take the first, I think it's the second class uh, exam. She killed the first class person that that was holding the exam. So she she just wants to fight people, and I think if like they don't agree on something super small, she's gonna like take it to physical contact like immediately. I, I think so too. I think I think it's definitely gonna be um, an altercation uh, at some point or another between Fern and Ubel. Um, and I honestly think Fern is gonna put her in her place. That, that's yeah. my thoughts on it. So I, I think so. I, I think Ubel might kill that that other guy. They haven't even said old buddy's name. And that might be for a reason. Well, they she can't really she can't kill him though because you know that would make Fern get kicked out of the first class mage thing. So would if if Ubel killed the guy, Fern would get kicked yeah, out. Yeah, because the first the first uh, challenge is that you have to catch this bird in the cage. This bird has to be in the cage, and all party members must be there. Oh, okay. So all party yeah. members have to show back up. Yeah. They didn't say live oh. though. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that would be wild, bro. Uh, but it, it, it's uh this is this is an interesting challenge because uh um it's not just catching a normal bird. Apparently the bird can 
fly uh, at the speed of sound, I'm pretty sure they said. Um, so it's hard to contain them. It's hard to keep them uh, keep them still long enough to get them in a cage. Um, and so, like, uh, do you have any ideas how they're going to? I think they're going to have to make it want to get in the cage. Because okay. even if they get it in the cage, like, want to just break the cage. If it's strong enough to fly at the speed of sound or faster... So, what the fuck is a little wooden cage gonna do? So, uh, what's what's interesting to me is that um, during the scene, uh, they, uh, I think it's I, I don't know which one's which, but one of the girls, the more scared one or whatever, the lesser girl, she notices it's raining, but the rain isn't coming through the um, dome, the uh, 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 like shield thing, the barrier, yeah, yeah. the barrier, and um. She points that out to Furin, and Furin's like, oh, so maybe it will be easy to catch a bird. So it makes me wonder if Furin's actually going to put one inside of a barrier and then stick it in the cage. Yes. Yeah, use some magic. That would make sense. That would make sense. And like her, her master was like the barrier queen. So I'm sure she's got something up her sleeve in that regard. So I I think that's how she's going to do it. She's going to basically... She got her ideal from looking at the barrier, and she's like, I'm just going to put this bird into a barrier and put it in this cage, and we're just going to be done. We're not going to we're not gonna observe it anymore, all that good <laughs> stuff. So, uh, but do you have any other, like, thoughts on any anything else going on for everyone? It was a pretty good episode. It was a big one, so. It was. I think a lot happened, and it was really cool. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it for me, man. All righty. I guess the next one is... The second episode of Mashal. Yes, sir. We got Mashal, Magic and Muscles, two episode, uh, season two, episode two, guys. And um, so this one's called Mash Burned Dead and the Home Visit. I thought it was a great episode. I uh, hope y'all did too. But uh, this episode kind of starts with uh, the fact that Mash is now set to stand trial for concealing his lack magic. I guess during lack the, magic <laughs> that he is like that. that he is a lack <laughs> magic. Yes. And uh, I, this was kind of like found out, I guess, during last season when he was, you know, going through the school. And I think it came up, became especially noticeable as he was like fighting different people at the school, um, trying to retrieve uh, lemon and uh, stop the other dorm there. Yeah, the, but the divine visionaries are kind of like dead set on the death punishment for mash but the headmaster uh walbert walberg has some other plans for mash thank god because they were ready yeah. to him on the spot <laughs> so to start the episode uh headmaster walberg uh asked the divine visionaries to defer mash's death sentence um because he can help them lead to innocent zero and it was kind of the fact that innocent zero really had minimal contact with anybody outside of like his like little group and that he was sending letters to mash and like kind of like interacting with him. Like he had plans for him in some way. Um, during the scene where they're talking about this and, uh, Wahlberg like takes his, his, I guess his, his hat off to talk to the, and then beg the divine visionaries. It's also revealed that he is a freaking legend and he was like the only person to go toe to toe with innocent zero. So we have like a super strong head counselor, a headmaster here 
And I did not know that. I figured he was some of importance since he was the the headmaster, but I did not see this coming at all. Uh, he's also a past divine visionary too. Um, uh, that's also mentioned in uh, the little thing as well. So that's pretty cool. True. Um, I can't get over the fact like, I know you've not seen Harry Potter, but I, I can't get over the fact like how much like you can relate this to Harry Potter, man. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like like Innocent Zero, like you could look at him as like Lord Voldemort, kind of probably. So um, it's it's interesting. Uh, uh, but I was I was really happy to see Wahlberg show show up because Mash was definitely dead uh, at that point. Um, oh yeah. They're ready to so, like. I think they were about to stick that uh little sand spear in his in his neck there, and then we got a uh, rain pulled up and actually vouched for Mash too. And I wasn't expecting this. I, I thought the headmaster and maybe the guy that, that was doing the actual trial, uh, that Mash saved, that he, they they would have to like really just keep talking. But rain coming out of nowhere, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think him being like friends with uh. What's his name? Shit. Uh, Finn. Uh, well, being friends br- with Finn. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, that's Finn's brother. Yep. And the fact that they just like kind of had to fight together uh, in order to win or whatever. So, and that's in count. Uh, that's including Rain as well. So Rain got to see uh, Mash's like vision of justice, kind of. So. Um, true. It didn't really surprise me. I expected Rain to vouch for him since he was there with Wahlberg. So, yes, yeah, I, I didn't know if he was going to stick his neck out like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I didn't know how much pull he had. I knew he was a divine visionary, but I, I just didn't know how much pull he might have. But he seemed to have like a lot of influence over the other ones. Uh, they were on the scene, but uh, after some deliberation, the divine visionary he's kind of decided to defer Mash's punishment or else the show would have ended um <laughs> but he had to kind of prove prove that he was strong enough to do so and he was to be under direct supervision of the divine visionaries but i think that they mean by proving that he's strong enough to go up against innocent zero he had to become a divine visionary yeah that, that's that's what they said they had and not only did they have he has to become a divine visionary he has to become a divine visionary that year Yes. So it's uh it's very uh ASAP kind of thing. Like if you don't become divine visionary uh this next test, then you're dead, basically, is what they told him. So Yeah, and it's good because like they're adding more stakes to him becoming a divine visionary. First it was just to like uh kind of save his dad and, and himself, but now like there's a larger play to him becoming a divine visionary. It's, you know, his life is literally on the line. Not just his life, I think like the the whole uh of their society is on the line. Uh, along with his life now. But uh next, like the it gets a little lighter after this scene, you know. And the team, team mash is what I'm calling it today, <laughs> uh goes out for a day of fun in the town. And they all have their little own definitions of what a fun day on the town is. And I thought it was pretty funny. Like Dot showed up in full knight's armor like a jackass because he was like fun his battle i'm like dude get a grip <laughs> i expected him to be like chasing girls I'm not gonna lie right that's usually what you do on uh, with a night on the town and 
that mashes in full workout clothes and brings a fucking ab wheel. Um, that's <laughs> typical. We, we we knew he was going to do something like that. But Lance with the, the T-shirt of his sister was fucking hilarious. That, that, that threw me for a loop. The sister complex, bro. Yeah, it's like I, I know, like we all know he has a sister complex, but it's like every time like he just goes over the top with it, I'm like still surprised. And then, then uh, after this little scene or whatever, uh, you know, they actually change clothes again, and uh, Dot Dot is actually he can he can dress nice, bro. He's he's a little he drippy, yeah, yeah. He's got some ribs up there, so. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was it was cool because like Mash had never like gone out with friends because he's never had friends before, so this was his first time like just hanging out with people like outside of school. It was it was a cool moment. Um, but yeah, while they're doing this, like they learn that like Lance is looking for a new wand, um, because the Divine Visionary Test is coming up very soon. Uh, due to Innocent Zero being on the prowl, they want to get some more reinforcement in their ranks, I believe. Um, and it was cool how they did it. It's like yeah, you got to retest your magic to make sure that your uh, wand is up to snuff with your current self. I thought it was a really cool thing to do. And um, so they all pick up their wands and um, Mash, of course, finds the one that no one else can use and no one has (laughs) been able to live for like a fucking millennium and just goes over and picks it up like it's nothing. And the wand master is very surprised. I enjoy the scene. This is this is one that made me actually chuckle out loud. And the fact that apparently he it was sealing up water, like el- elven water or something like that, that uh, is very beneficial <laughs> yes. to creating wands or something like that. So I mm-hmm. wonder if that's gonna like play a part in the story in like the future. Like, are they gonna be able to like use that? special water to enhance make enhanced wands now to fight innocent zero like that would be fun yeah i think that that i think i I hope that they make a play on that and it's like everybody's stronger because mash could pick up the 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 million pound (laughs) wand (laughs) he can't even use yes he's just there for fun you know maybe he can get some curls in with it but you know how he was holding it it didn't seem very heavy for him maybe you can use it like as like a baton or a bat or something you know True, true, true. But like, I mean, speaking of when, I mean, like the Divine Visionary exam is coming up sooner. Now that Adler Dorm has most of the coins, like, do you think MASH, like they'll, people will let MASH actually take the exam? I mean, we we have Margaret Macaroon from Orca Dorm going to stop him. But you you think like that that's going to be like the only ploy to actually stop this man? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think I think there's going to be more, but um, I think I think that uh, obviously Wahlberg uh, wants him to take the exam or whatever, you know. Uh, right. Now, as far as like, you know, uh, some of the divine visionaries, they don't agree with the decision, and we're seeing that in full effect with, you know, Margaret, which is a. Um, a plan of one of the divine visionaries to stop mash from doing it. Cause they, they want, they, they want their vision of justice. They, they think, they think the mash should be dead. So, um, True. and Those they the want to make sure that like he doesn't get out of it, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, Orchard metal, uh, kind of like hired Margaret Macaroon, which is a amazing name by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I love alliteration. So, um, Margaret Macaroon. I'm just gonna say it one more time. And um, <laughs> yeah, I thought Margaret was a very cool looking character, and we saw them play like the piano. And he has like the mu- the musical note for one of his uh, lines on his face, and I just kind of wonder how he's going to use music magic because I think that would be a good like audio would be a good um, counter for for Mash attacking his yeah. ears unless he just has really buff eardrums too. I I don't know like I I just I just don't know how like. Um music magic or whatever the hell margaret has i don't know how that works so um like which i know like i'm a really big fan of like the ost and stuff of mashal they do like a really good job of throwing in the music during like uh hot moments and intense moments like Uh rap magic and i mean the rap music and stuff like that so it's gonna be interesting uh to see how exactly music magic uh like piano magic or like it doesn't matter how how he's going to use that against mash so he go he going jiggly puff the ass put him on to sleep <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think you could like i mean sound can hurt you sound can make you sick um i, I think there's a lot that they could do with it but i am really really interested to see like what they do with it in the show um yeah because we have like sonic weapons in real life, like I said, the, the whole Jigglypuff thing could actually—he he could do that. I think. I think he has that kind of power, but we'll see. Um, and then after that, so um, we get a little mini time skip uh, to a week later, and Adler Dorm is kind of just checking out. They're all prepared for their exams, and while we're sitting around, like Mash has like this little flashback. And it's of no real consequence. I think he's just thinking about his father. And Finn says, like, what the hell was that? Talking about the flashback, bro. Was this the anime just being goofy? Or, like, why could he see that fucking flashback? Like, that was so (laughs) weird. I've never seen that before. (laughs) I think think that's just Mashal being Mashal, in my opinion. Uh, (laughs) I was kind of confused, too. But, like, I mean, hell, uh, you know, at this point, I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't seen a door joke yet. So, and two episodes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. We've seen yeah. the cream puffs. The cream puffs are here to stay. We know that much. But, yeah, there's been no door that's been dehinged yet. So, we'll have to check on that next episode. Even even when, like, he uh, goes back home, which uh, we're probably fixing to talk about, uh like he he still doesn't he still doesn't like that's a classic thing that he always does it seems like when he goes home is he always breaks the door and he didn't break the door so it, it was fucked up I was yeah. very disappointed uh, I didn't realize it had been two whole episodes uh because I watched them back to back this time um but yeah I need my door jokes back those are my favorite <laughs> big doors small doors wide doors skinny doors all of them um. But yeah, like to end the episode, like we see a pretty heartfelt reunion with um, Ashel, I mean, Mash and his dad. And he was kind of surprised that Mash was doing so well. And also that he had made friends and like was hanging out with like this goofy ass group of people that have really big personalities. And I really enjoyed this moment. 
but like did anything in particular like stick out to you like while he was in like the friends were introducing themselves or like the whole moment there yeah i really enjoyed the part where lemon was like i'm gonna be his future wife that was that yeah that's it right there (laughs) (laughs) and uh he just like like almost dropped dead and it was like oh don't worry we haven't even held hands yet and then you just get a side shot of dot over there just like about to die too so that was (laughs) that was my favorite time so yeah yeah um she is an absolute nut uh lemon's crazy but i i I don't i think she has too much determination not to get married to mash in the end (laughs) she's not gonna actually happen then she 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 ain't gonna let him go ain't no chance (laughs) (laughs) he's he's already trapped it's over (laughs) mash mash will end up married and he won't even know he's married so no no Just confuse him with cream puffs and make him sign the papers. <laughs> so it works. That's legit. Yes, yes. Um, but the actual last thing to happen in the episode, uh, Margaret is about to pull up on uh, Mash and his dad and his friends. He's kind of kind of running through the woods there, and Rain swoops in and kind of breaks up this breakup of the reunion. And here, here it is, Rain coming in, being the big hero. Is there a snowball's chance in hell that Margaret actually makes it to that cabin now? You know, I want to say, I want to say no, because, you know, Rain is a divine visionary and Margaret is not. Obviously, they're just a um, leader of one of the dorms. So, like, and yeah, sure, they got their cronies with them or whatever, but I don't think that's enough to stop a divine visionary, right? So, um, but I have a feeling that something will happen. And if Margaret doesn't make it to the cabin, Mash and them will make it to Margaret. That's true. The The only way I could think about it though, like is, so they've been at the magic Academy now. I don't know for how long, but sometime, right? If one dorm's ready to take the exam to become one, it, I don't think it's so far-fetched to think that Margaret is, like, strong enough to be a divine visionary. Rain's, like, yeah. top tier. I don't think he's going to beat him, but like, I think it could be a good fight or, you know, Rain, um, Margaret like, could, like, slip away, maybe, while he's fighting the cronies if they're all really strong. I don't know. But that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm assuming that we'll probably get, like, a most of, most, if not all, of an episode of Rain and um margaret fighting um, in order to explain margaret's powers kind of so is what i assume yeah that'd be dope i'm ready to see it but uh guys that's all we have for mashal this week i thought it was a pretty good episode um fairly solid for a second episode especially on the season um tell you ready to get into some one piece yeah let's do this uh one piece 1090 a new island Future Island Egghead. And during this episode, Jinbei goes on a little rescue mission uh, trying to save Chopper, Luffy, and Bonnie. Um, meanwhile, on the other side, uh, Sunny is being, the Sunny is being terrorized by a giant mechanical shark. And they, the, you know, Sunny and the rest of the crew actually get saved by an unexpected person. Um, and this episode starts off uh, going over kind of what Sabo. Um, uh, was saying to the Revolutionary Army 
that someone sits on the throne at the castle and um and that no one should be on the throne and all that good stuff and it's just kind of like a little recap we got seen and then we go straight into the sunny getting almost swallowed up by a giant mechanical shark um and it, it, they're able to get out of it somehow uh with frankie's uh skills uh and the sunny's skills and then vega force one shows up which is a giant mech and sends the shark down to the bottom of the ocean so a lot of a lot of things just like sprung on us all at once down to Hell opening, yeah, uh, they did. <laughs> opening segment. Uh, so first off, like, what do you think about like the the shark, the mechanical shark, and like, uh, you know, uh, its attack on the sunny? What do you think about like the Vega Force Mecha? Like, what, so, what's going through your head right now? Mega's dope. Um, animal hybrid cyborg sharks are fucking dope. Um, <laughs> But like glowing I, I, red eyes. Yeah, it was sick. It had torpedoes <laughs> and cannons on it, bro. That was sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, I, I, I thought like maybe the shark had gone rogue, um, especially once like Vega Force One showed up, because it, it's a play on Air Force One, right? With the president, the president of the United States, like you know, that's the plane he flies in. So I figured Vega Punk would be in Vega Force One. And the fact yeah. that he beat up the shark, I was like, maybe the shark went rogue. Uh, which, okay. to a certain extent, we found out that it did towards the end of the episode. But like, I was like, why would you know, like, Vegapunk need to like attack people, like right off rip in the ocean? So, but the rescue operation I thought was pretty cool. Seeing Jinbei kind of like just having to dodge cannon fire and run from a shark in water was it was pretty awesome. I enjoyed it. <laughs> While seeing like Luffy and Chopper and Bonnie just like uh, trying to just stay alive in the water, <laughs> taking deep breaths. Yes, <laughs> uh, it was definitely a fun scene. Um, it, it, I think it, I think the shark and the the giant mecha kind of like um, uh, uh, it, it, it was a, it was like a huge moment. So it's stuff we'd never seen before, except for you know, Frankie's bullshit stuff. So, um, but then, uh, you know, right after that, we actually go and see, uh, the giant children from, uh, punk hazard. Uh, we see that, uh, straw, like we see that they're trying to make them smaller again. So they're trying to get them back to normal size and Tashigi and, uh, Tashigi and them is in control of that. I'm not sure where they're at though. Um, it didn't really say a location. I don't think it, it, but it's good to see that, um, they're actually trying to get them back into civilization. So back to their parents. So I think they're on egghead. You think they're on egghead? Okay. Yeah. Only because, so when Tashigi, uh, that, that vice admiral goes and talks to Tashigi about Helmeppo. El Mepo, El Mepo says that at a uh, pirate island or what, what is it actually called? Uh, full of lead. Yeah. <laughs> full of lead. Yes, full yeah. of lead. That should be easy to remember. Um, that, that full of lead is close to Egghead Island. Okay. So I, I was just using my detective skills to figure that out. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they actually said where they're at. So they could be on Egghead Island. Um, they could. Or they could be like at a navy base somewhere close by. 
Uh, we're not really sure. I don't. It doesn't really say yet. Um, we we don't even really know what Egghead Island looks like as of right now. So, uh, um, but uh, that's just a brief scene of the children. So, like I said, it's good to see that they're still alive and well, and they're taking measures to get them back to their parents, which is so wholesome. So it is. Um, and then we also see, like Bass mentioned, Helmeppo is begging uh, the sword unit, which is Kobe, Kobe and them's unit that they're on together, kind of like the special ops, the black ops of the Navy, um, um, you know, government or whatever. Uh-huh. And they're trying to get them to uh, go to Full of Lead. Uh, that way they can get Kobe back. So at Blackbeard's home base full of lead. Yeah, and I, I was a little confused about like why they just wouldn't go get Kobe. Um yeah. I mean sorry, yeah, Kobe. Um just considering like his his position and like he's considered a hero of the Navy. Um I know that might be some serious issues because like that's Blackbeard's territory. But I f- I feel like some negotiations at least should take place. They seemed very dismissive of Helmepo, and I just wasn't really expecting that. And see, that, that's that's where the that's where the unit actually comes into play. Um, so I don't think they're strong enough. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think they're strong enough. That unit is strong enough to take on Blackbeard at his home island, right? Um, and the thing is, is uh, they really can't go ask for help fight against the emperor to see because like i said that that's where the the their unit comes into play their sword which is basically it doesn't exist and uh in normal terms this but, unit I mean, doesn't exist everybody knows that they're they're navy yeah, they, they have yeah. navy uniforms that say navy on them yeah but but the thing is they're not backed by the government they're like their own, they're, they're, oh, okay. they are okay. their own little thing. So if they do something like attacking a emperor, emperor, like that's on them. Like okay, that, they're not going to the navy isn't going to back, up, gonna back them up. Got you. So. Okay, but yeah, maybe like some negotiation tactics, bro, or something. Because I know yeah. Blackbeard won't. He he's greedy. He always wants something. <laughs> and they go, they they go as far as saying, you know. uh you know, Egghead is really close, and um, you know, Helmipo's like, we can just go get the Seraphim and attack. You know, take the Seraphim with us. And if y'all remember, the Seraphim is actually the little, um, what is it called, Bass? Um, the the new pacifistas. Yeah, the new pacifistas that the warlord pacifistas that we've seen on Amazon Lily that Kobe actually took with him. Uh, I guess they're stationed at Egghead is what I'm taking out of that uh, statement. So. I think so. Yeah, that would make sense that they're with Vegapunk. Yeah. Um, I mean, but Blackbeard was kind of getting pieced up. I think he's if he's with his whole crew, they, they washed the Seraphim, but it was just very, it's still very surprising to me that like they made artificial beings that like, could just like <laughs> toss around white beard. Yeah. Yeah, he was off guard, but goddamn, like he's an <laughs> emperor, bro. Shit. And the, and the thing is, is like, I don't think the Seraphim's, Seraphim's is like, uh, uh, fully, uh, done yet, I guess. It's kind of like the shark, you know, like the shark is functional, but like, 
obviously it's not 100% because Vegapunk was, you know, mad that it, it ignored its uh, uh, duties or whatever because she programmed it not to kill. Uh, they, she wanted them not to kill the people. That way she could loot them or whatever. So it makes you wonder, like, is the Seraph? friends 100 percent, you know like is that the reason why they can't use them like like this normally so right because i mean they were low-key going rogue and like that battle at amazon lily was just supposed to be like a test run yeah and i don't think it went as well as they thought it would because kobe didn't have like complete control over them they were kind of like going a little crazy there for a second yeah so it just makes you wonder like what you know kind of what's going on there uh but speaking of all that, like we we learned that Egghead is really close to Pirate Island, which is full of lead. Uh, they said in the anime uh, show. Um, so, do you are you thinking that we, we get to see Blackbeard again? Like, what, what do you I think? I fucking hope so. Like, if it's so <laughs> close, like, pull up, my boy. Like, I would love to see that, man. Who who do you who do you think is gonna see him? You think you think uh, Straw Hats are gonna like see Blackbeard, or do you think like uh, Sword is gonna actually like go after Kobe? Like, what what do you, who do you think is gonna see Blackbeard? I, I think Blackbeard would like pull up to Egghead for some reason. Like maybe he hears that Straw Hats in town or somehow, or maybe like Blackbeard already has spies there or something. I don't know, but I, I feel like Egghead being close to full of lead is like not by accident as far as story writing. Okay. Alrighty. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, cause <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> you know, I kind of Mr. Margarita. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but the next thing that kind of happens is Bonnie, uh, who Jinbei saves feels Luffy in that they're at Egghead Island and that she has business with, Vegapunk. Um, so do you have any like speculation? Like, is it like friendly business? Is it like business business? Like, is it catch these hands? Like, what, I think what? She, I think she wants to beat the shit out of Vegapunk. Because <laughs> didn't that shark swallow her ship and shit? Uh, I think so. she's. I think she. They said that uh, she was alone um, because uh, I think in the end they said that uh, her and Blackbeard fought. And that, that is right. Yes. Uh, her, uh, she got separated from her crew, or her crew got killed. I'm not sure which. And that uh, her ship got destroyed, or whatever. And she found a new one, and she went after Vegapunk, and uh, the shark got her. So basically, okay. Um, All right. So the shark did its job there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder. Well, I mean, she, Bonnie's also always hungry, so like maybe she's looking for like some dietary uh, pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, maybe, maybe tight suppressants. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, if there's one place on this earth that could have something like that, it's probably Vegapunk and Egghead, <laughs> for sure, right? For so, sure, for sure. Uh, but all this talking of Vegapunk, you know, uh, we finally get to meet Vegapunk. Um, uh, she's in the giant mech. Uh, what what is it? Vega Force One. Hell yeah! Uh, and she's basically she after she saves uh the Sunny and the rest of the Straw Hats. Um, she's 
basically going on her monologue, her little rant about um, how she's not saving them. She's just uh, not letting them get destroyed because uh, she wants to loot their ships. So, uh, so what do you think about that? What do you think about, first of all, like, what do you think about Vegapunk? And then what do you think about Vegapunk wanting to steal from the pirates? Uh, so even though she's like, you know, Vegapunk and as she's, uh, like the head of the research shit and that she's so what, like a very big figure in the government so so what the fuck is vegapunk out there doing roaming the seas looking for <laughs> um like pirate loot like you work for the government on an island 500 years in the future and like you're just deciding to raid people so i'm skeptical if she's actually got her vegapunk first of all i'm, I'm very yeah. skeptical of that because like why be a looter and a doctor you know and and a mad inventor but you know you never know um it just doesn't add up to why you would need to be looting pirates when you have all these things and stuff. <laughs> you never know what they—they they always say, bro. Another man's trash is a is another man's treasure, right? Yeah, yeah. They say that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you know, brilliant minds like that. You know, they they find stuff like that fascinating. You know, like what Maybe. do they have on this ship, like? And it's just so fascinating to them, right? So that could be it, maybe. Curiosity or this this bitch is full of shit. One of the yeah. two. So, uh, what what's your thoughts on like Vegapunk, though? Excuse my language, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I don't normally call women bitches. Um, <laughs> uh, what would you say though? <laughs> what's your thoughts on Vegapunk, dude? Did you think that uh, Vegapunk was a woman or like what? what, what yeah, like, what's going it, on? It's really like got nothing to do with her actually being a woman. I'm just more suspicious of the activity. Okay. Like I don't like it. It, it really has to do with her gender. Like I just don't understand why you, this like you would be doing this. Like, I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, would I be surprised if she is Vegapunk? No, because One Piece characters do some wacky ass shit. That's just the nature of the show. But like it's just it just doesn't seem like the thing that you would expect Dr. Vega Punk to be doing. I'm I'm picturing labs. I'm picturing like experiments. Lab I don't coats, pic- maybe. Lab coats. I, I don't I don't see Mecca chasing around a giant shark mecha looking for pirate booty. <laughs> I never would have guessed it. And like honestly. You know, more power to you, Dr. Vegapunk. If if this woman really is Dr. Vegapunk, don't let me put you in a box. Do you think? Speaking of power booty, damn, this, this episode was full of uh, uh, sexual uh, yeah. like, uh, uh, aggression, I guess you would say. <laughs> you, got, you got Bonnie over here. Literally 12-year-old Bonnie, apparently. And she's got her titties out everywhere. Like what? What's going on over there? At I, I, Oda I really, headquarters. I really don't know what they're doing over there right now. You got Oda, Mega like we, Punk, you know, shot me, in the back, you know. Yeah, it's it's a lot of shit going on in this episode. A lot to yeah. unpack here, but I, I I think this is gonna be a fun time. I mean, it always is. It's One Piece, but um, I want to see. Like, I'm more interested in seeing like what like Doctor Vega Punk is like really up to, and if they're actually gonna get to like 
you know, like see some cool shit. Yeah. And what cool shit they see, you know. Uh, also, like, um, I know, I know, we wasn't on the rundown last week. I was sick. Bass was out on work uh, stuff. Uh, but what do you think about the like? Uh, what do you think about the animation? Like, it's it's like uh, it's like broader and like uh, more uh, uh, I, I don't smoother, right? Yeah, I like it's 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 giving me like mid two thousands like vibrant vibes as far as like cartoons. Yeah, um, I, I'm really liking the animation, but those 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 fits the straw heads are wearing are trash. Like, <laughs> what are those boots, bro? Like, like they got on fucking Mega Man boots right now. Like, this is just crazy. <laughs> you know, you know the uh, that's what all the um, uh, that's what a bunch of people like are uh, is popular right now, right? Like TikTok, like them them little boots, them red boots or whatever. You know? Oh yeah, like the little red Nike boots, the, the yeah. big red Nike boots. Yeah, the big one, the big like uh, the big like rubber shit. Like it looks hard to walk in shit. You know. And, Every time I seen those, you know, being a manga reader, I was like, "Damn, those look exactly like what this, like what they wear on their head." And I can't wait. They to got the, they got the see they got the Vegapunk ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> yeah, One Piece, One Piece out here dominating, you know, the world, uh, the trends. Uh, you know, not only do they have live action, not only do they have a remake, not only you know do they have all this shit, but they actually are they they're they're influencing the 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 shoe market too now. So shit is crazy. It's stylish now. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, those those boots are terrible. And like, I'm not a man of violence uh, <laughs> or a known criminal. Uh, or criminal in general, but if I ever see somebody wearing them shits in public, I swear <laughs> to God. Um, <laughs> Even if it was Yeezy, bro? No, dude, I don't care what brand it is. <laughs> it could be Adidas. It could be Nike. I don't care. <laughs> oh, this shit, shit is trash. The shit is trash. <laughs> so you're not a big fan of the fits, huh? The fits are terrible. I mean, these are... Oh, man. I, I think outside of... Let's see what fits are fits are my least favorite. I think outside of the punk hazard fits, these are my least favorite fits. Okay. Punk hazard, I thought were terrible. Um, because like you just can't do too much with like unless it's just like one mean ass trench coat, you can't really do much in the snow there. Um but these are trash trash. Trash. I love the animation, hate the outfits. <laughs> what about you? what's your uh, thoughts on the on the animation here? I'm I really I I kind of like the animation. I, I kind of like that it's like uh, it's like fresh. You know what I mean? Like it it, it makes it's different. Like um, I, I feel like it fits this arc pretty well. Uh, excellent, excellent. Looking looking forward to it. Um, uh, as far as the fits go, like I'm I'm not a big fan of like the fits either. But but See, I feel like they I feel like they fit. I feel like they fit this island. They're fitting, yeah. I mean, it's a theme, right? Yeah, they're doing it, but I think there's ways to make it drippy. And uh, you know, like I'm sure, like the um, uh, I know this, like this, uh, the fan service or whatever. Like it's, you know, people gonna like this too if they if they if they're in for the fan service. Like you know, uh, they're gonna have some fits for for you too. So. Oh shit! Yeah, titties out. So, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Do we we'll have to see? 
Yeah. You we seen in this episode, you know, Oda, Oda and the animators like they 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 got a lot of like pent up sexual aggression going on right now. So uh from Yeah, they you know, need to not get it together, bro. <laughs> they really yeah. need to pull it together. <laughs> They've had so much, you know, Wano and uh, you know, on top of the roof and shit like that. Like it, it's time to come back out, you know. That, that's what they're feeling like. So bet, uh, bet, bet. But uh uh, unless you got anything else, I think I think that's it for One Piece, right? That's it for me, man. All right, so uh, make sure uh, to rate the podcast on all your platforms. Uh, you know, follow us on them. Uh, we got the uh, YouTube. We got the DGM videos going up on there every week. A little, a uh, few days after, or a week after, whatever. Whenever I get to it, honestly. Uh, but if you have any like questions or topics you want to talk about. For, uh, for us to talk about all that good stuff, let us know. And I think that we got the, uh, for the DJ episode this week, we got Golden Boy coming up. So it's oh. a really fun uh, show <laughs> I've heard. So uh, it should be a fun e- episode, <laughs> right, Bass? It, that, that is something wild, boy. <laughs> it is not what I thought it was. Oh my God. So if y'all haven't seen Golden Boy yet, Definitely go check it out before Thursday because that is what we're going to be talking about is Golden Boy. And I guess we'll see you then. Later. Peace.